March 25th, 2003. It's the Watt from Pedro show.
Watt from Pedro Show, March 25, 2003 edition, one week till tour. Hey, Brother Matt. How's it? Countdown time. We got some visitors. Yeah, full house. Full house. We just had prac. We went and showed Paul. When I say we, I mean me and the second man, Pete Mazich and Jerry Trebitich. Just played some... Songs for Paul at Prague. Paul Rossler, say hi. Hey. Don't be afraid, guys. Hey. Yeah, yeah, we really are. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, we got a week to go. Uh, start off with John Coltrane with the alternate take of Sunstar off of uh, Stellar Regions. And Ghost on Fire. And, uh, yeah, something from... Um, me <laughs> with Talia and Thurston. Not that we haven't had DJ Talia in a while, but we've got her here singing. And uh, Thurston played guitar. It was a trippy uh, thing where this cat in upstate New York sent me a title of a song. And he said, Write one. So I did. That's it. Studio Thunderpants, my little thing here in Pedro, on my Mac and my pad. I guess Pete's going to get one, right? Yeah. Can't wait. Pete's got a Mac coming. Yeah. Maybe before tour. I hope I get it before tour. The digital world. It's a lap. Well, and also so he can do diary. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't, did, I, did I explain this? Pete's only going to do the first six weeks of this next tour, and then Paul's going to take over for the last two weeks. That's one reason why we played some of the songs for him tonight. So, Paul, what happens on tour is, like, we do diaries. Oh. So Pete can write diary on his... I mean, he can use my Barbie purse if he don't get it in time. It's supposed to come, what, the day before? Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah maybe. That's what they said. But. but when he's home, he'll have it with the studio thing, too. So Because his wife, Liliana, is a singer. Yeah. She wants to record it also. She was a big pop singer in Croatia, mm-hmm. Yugoslavia, old Yugoslavia. So they, you know, now uh, the machinery is econo enough where you can like do studios in your pad. Everybody is free to make their own thing. Yeah, not so so beholden, huh? Yep. To the uh, old ways of doing things. Turn your mics up so you guys can be heard. And the old days, right? You got a recording advance. That's what all these studios were built on. And now, what do people do? They take their studio, their recording advance, and they buy home studios. Bad time to be in the studio. So the business. studio business is really bad. Huh? I'm in that business. With Geza up on the, in Malibu, right? Yeah. Now. Myself and the second man, it's an organ-based drum trio. 
But actually, my first keyboard band was with you, Paul, right? Criminy. Oh, we man. played some Criminy the other week, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, we're going back 17 years, right? 87 or something? Yeah, even 16, more. Six. Something like that. 15 years? Good times. Yeah, 15, 16 years. Yeah, I think that first single was in 87. And the then the, we made a five song, when like in 88, 89 or something. Maybe even earlier. Maybe even 85, 86. That's it could have been 85. Because D. Boone was still here. Because <laughs> Criminy was after D. Boone. Yeah, we started playing together pretty close after that, though. Yeah. Oh, some, <laughs> sometime yeah. in 86, I think. What are you guys doing? The playing with he's the... Putting, uh, he's putting this massager thing brain on brain massager on his head here. But, you know, well, why don't you wait till we're doing a song? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you like engage us with your powerful IQ? I got a box of those Grammy 45s, I think, in the garage with those records. Wow. He bought them all. <laughs> no. Snake we could, uh. Man. Snake Man got them. I'm proud of that single. Yeah, <laughs> and I could sell them on tour easy. Yeah, yeah. People ask me about that record all the time. So. Anyway, Paul uh, played a keyboard. He didn't have an organ like you. He had a. What'd you use? Well, was it we DX7? It, we used to do it on piano, and that was cool. But yeah. We'd play live. I'd try to do it with the DX7, and it was sort of brutal. But the piano. No, played. no. But one of the songs is piano, with the organ overdub. But one's all organ. The reverence. Yeah. Maybe that's a synthesizer. So did you use B3 or did or? No, it's just it? organ from the the DX7. See, I told you DX7. Yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> but I try to treat the DX7 like it was a Stratocaster, you know. It's like I try to run it through things and well, you do know, something in, to it. In some way, it's become an instrument, a classic instrument in its own right. I just wasn't a huge DX. I was a D50. Oh, I hated it. Rolling D50 one. I hated it. That's why I tortured it and put it through amps and boxes. And but they're ubiquitous, right? They were everywhere for a time. Well, yeah, everybody used them. They were like the... You know, like the they didn't use real samples, right? No, FM or they were some weird yeah, algorithm yeah, synthesis. That, but I, I found a way to like that thing. If you just distort the crap out of it and just treat it really mean and don't treat it like a keyboard, you know, you can hit it. I don't know the organ on um, Reverence. Sounded, pretty, it had a few okay. It sounded like it don't sound like Pete's um, Hammond, but it ain't that. It ain't his toy. It's not a Farfisa. It something. doesn't no. bogart the whole van either, though. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, in a way, I'd rather almost have... Yeah. It doesn't bogart the whole van, but bogart's a good deal of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's the size, it's the weight. That's what no, it's the yeah. way, size. Well, I, well, well it's fits in It's incredibly van. long. But having to carry that thing... It's, it's incredibly long, <laughs> and then the speaker box is... Pretty huge too. I've carried it by myself for the last twenty years. Yeah, they take never had a problem with difference. They take up a lot. It takes up volume. Look at you, man. How buff and muscle. It's got to be two hundred. Easy two hundred pounds. I can't. Yeah, it's over. It's a little over two hundred pounds. And I got to just sling that under my arm and I and I chopped it. We do it like yeah. He's got the real one, but he won't bring it. He's got two actually, right? One's chopped, but you don't think the other one can fit in the door. No. Well, it, it, I don't think it'd fit in the door of the studio. That's it'll right. fit, it, the studio. fit at standard size. Door. I like the way music, musicians, you know, <laughs> they rehearse in studios, you know. 
Well, the, the roadies will be carrying. The roadies will carry the B three, right? The carpet you know, cave. Practice in the like. The, the carpet cave, the shithole. No, we practice. They're, they're not practicing in the like the stall that's been walled off and that shitters pulled out. No, they're 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 rehearsing in the studio. In the studio. You guys do practice in an outhouse, don't you? Yeah. Te- well, it was, a lat- it was the officers' latrine, and I, I, I pulled oh, out officers. the shitters. Yeah, it was officers' latrine because it had more than shitters. It had pissers, it had sinks, it had showers. So it had wasn't like a porta potty. It, was, it had the whole deal what officers do in the morning after they're <laughs> fucking each other. <laughs> <laughs> this is before women were in. Okay. <laughs> it was a much nicer military. Much more uh, thorough and consistent <laughs> kind of fucking. So anyway, what I did was I took out all the shitters. I left one in the corner, and I put in a wall and a door, and that became the practice pad. I put up the wall. You had to put up the rug, you know, not just to quiet the room, but it's all asbestos. Crazy to have me. <laughs> so the rug takes care of that, right? Well, it's, it just keeps it off. So we're, like, framming up there. And, and the, the paint does, too. But, I mean, that thought whole place is, you know, it was built in the 20s when... Wow. People were there's, ridiculous. There's a boiler in the back that looks like a big marshmallow, which is covered in thick asbestos. I think they might have cleaned it, but and you step outside you know. and there's the harbor. It's beautiful. Yeah, is yeah. Nice. But the place was built a long time ago, so there's some stuff that's kind of ru- what's your rent over there, Mike? Stuff and yeah, well, you know, I've been there 17 years and it hasn't gone up. Uh, got deal. good security. Don't have to pay for power. I don't have to move my equipment in and out like a. a usual practice uh, kind of arrangement so I think it's been very lucky yeah. you know it was always a big ordeal for me and D. Boone as young guys rent rehearsal space uh, uh, well not so much of that we'd have to find a practice pad somewhere it was never ours so it was because uh, we always lived in apartments so it was right. always an ordeal with the drummers with the loud bam bam stuff so the, well, that's one reason why we played with George Hurley he had a shed in the back house so yeah we were we never really had to rent i think we did for a couple years with secret hate we went in and in a band called outer circle or something new wave band Mm -hmm. were they called outer circle you guys know too young do you remember these guys Uh, the name sounds i think some of them were from the hill maybe i'm thinking vicious but anyway we shared this stuff with them thing so that was the only time where we and 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 then it was always ours. It, what it was was some like space, so we could always keep the gear in there. This thing where the bands have to bring their stuff in every oh, time and out. Uh, God, what a nightmare! I, uh, I really feel fortunate I didn't have to do that. Twelve bucks an hour and a half hour. Well, except for the Thunder Road that you got you got going in front of it, you know, the the crunchy cement stuff. Oh yeah, and because of earthquakes and, and it's an older pad. Uh, Sidewalks all cracked up, so sometimes it's hard to move the equipment. So. Oh, you're thinking of when you ro- moving that B3. Yeah, well, yeah and my well, speaker stuff boxes too. too. Stuff too <gasps> my yeah. bass boxes. Nice. You get the B3 in that room? No. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> always practice with. We've only not had it this whole time. Just this is the second day. See, Paul came into practice and he saw this little rinky-dink synthesizer. The kludge. Yeah, the kludge. <laughs> like, wow, proxy. Proxy kludge. Synth- proxy the kludge. kludge. <laughs> so <laughs> get that off the hoof, age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Paul saw this little toy thing, and, and it's not usually that way. Usually we have this big organ bogart in half the room. You know? yeah. No, not really, because the door's there. And the Leslie, 
actually was still there, where he's just not. Um, yeah, you were using it. Yeah, he was using it. Yeah, Which one? Using it. The Leslie. Oh, on the on on the tour? No, in Today. the prac. Oh yeah, always have the Leslie. It bad. It's even worse. Not much always worse. because it's much worse without the Leslie. Yeah, we've gone straight into the PA. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. This is never going to work. It's very total painful. toy. Well, for Prague. We suck. <laughs> no, for Prague. Well, when we were Pracking before uh, before last tour, it was like it, it was horrible. It got it got so bad that it was like you know I, I had to bring Leslie because it was it, it was just you know, for somebody that's used to playing Hammond all the time. It's like it's horrible. The for anybody were, yeah, who, the who doesn't know what a Leslie is, it's this incredible speaker that yeah. actually physically spins around inside the box. Well, part of it. Yeah, the drum. It also has a bass one too that just puts right. out. Well, the it's bass uh, faces down onto a uh, drum right. with a, a scoop foam, in it. a foam yeah. drum, well, and it's wood. that classic stepping wolf sound. Yeah, yeah. Well, all <laughs> kinds of people sound. Yeah, Jimmy Smith. <laughs> yeah, you Santana. know, uh, Booker T. Yeah, Booker T. Yeah. There's all kinds of classic sounds out of that. Even Deep Purple, I guess. Though he didn't use a Leslie. Well, he used yeah, Leslie's yeah, he later did. on, but he was like... No, Leslie's. he was a Marshall man. He was Marshall Stack. Emerson, Lincoln, Purple. <laughs> yeah, they used uh, Leslie's. Yeah. He used all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I think he was... I think the organ band was the nice. I think... Yeah, that was the When he got into Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, Argent. It, was, it was a lot more synthesizers. Argent, yeah. Argent. No, he was an organ player. Brothers. Tommy Brewster. Argent's like a one-hit wonder. Greg uh, Whipping Post. Yeah. Greg Argent? Hall. No. He was Rick Argent was in the zombies. zombies. He had yeah, a bunch he was of hits. Yeah. Zombies. He had a bunch of hits. Hold your head up. Yeah, when he was solo, but he had uh, she's not there and <laughs> That's, that was Argent. Yeah, what was his Argent. name? Colin uh who was the singer? Oh, I don't know. Rod Argent. Yeah, he had that trippy voice. Colin uh I saw them do a reunion. It was terrible. <laughs> well they had broken up after the album hit. I mean, no, or before no. the album hit, actually. They were broken up. I just up. remember I'm on... No, the, I'm talking Don about Kirshner. like two or three yeah, years ago. Oh, wow. They used to yeah, tape them here at the Long Beach Auditorium. Yeah. Real groundbreaker. Who? <laughs> Don Kirshner and his... Don, Don Kirshner invented the monkeys. Midnight Special. But that was TV. The only time you could see a rock and roll show, like an hour late night, and they had a lot of different bands. I, mean, I, just, I don't know. ABC had a show. Called In Concert. In Concert. I don't think same, Don Kirshner was time. the only one. Well, well it was Mid- well, Midnight Special. Midnight Special. Midnight Special. Yeah. And then there was King Biscuit. But there was stuff. King, that was radio There was stuff on. before that, though. There was this. Uh, they do stuff on the beach. What was that thing? Hubba Baloo? Oh, yeah. Shindig? Hayride? Or some crap. Yeah, I saw yeah, Pink Floyd on the beach. The, oh, really? Yeah. Remember the Alex Harvey band? But he wasn't. He wasn't really. They weren't really playing. They were lip syncing. In uh, fact, he wasn't even lip syncing. He's out of his head. Did you ever hear? <laughs> did you ever hear this band, uh, show Groovy that was that they used to film on the beach? Yeah, Groovy so was one of them. I never saw that, but I just met the. <laughs> I just met Groovy, the guy. Hubba Baloo. It's kind of Shindig. Don, Real Don Steele had a show, but it wasn't on the beach. Or oh, the Tammy show. T-M-A-I, I think it was uh, the UK show. I think his show was at the Whiskey or 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 uh, Cazares. Really? Yeah, because he'd have Bobby Benton. Remember that? I mean, this is going back a ways. That was nice. He was, was a big DJ J on uh, KHJ, a, a big AM, big AM station. Yeah. That's when AM radio was. So anyway, yeah, there was a lot of people playing organ then. <laughs> Lee Michaels had a band that was just organ and drums. Yeah. Do you Frosty. know what I mean? You know what I mean. Him and Frost. For a while here, he owned the uh, he owned the Warner, the Warner Theater. Theater. 
I met his kid. His kids are actually he was buddies with Lil too. I think he's got a Kevin Michaels. He's got a business called Jumbo Shrimp or something. Killer Shrimp. Really? Killer Shrimp. Wasn't that Forrest Gump? No, that was, uh, was uh, Bubba Gump. Bubba oh. Gump. <laughs> this is Lee Michaels, who had I the song You Know cool. What I Mean. I, I think he was that. living on the hill. He's got a weird disease where all his bones are fusing together. Ow. Ooh. He was probably using his feet for the bass. Do you have bass pedals? Actually, he kicked. He he did it on his left hand. Left hand? Yeah. That's the other thing you he can do with the ham. And you can God, I don't know. Was there a bass to that song? It's like, eh. Uh, yeah, but a whole yeah, but you know what? I tell you what, he did that. Uh, that was done on a theater organ uh, at this cat's house oh, that's in Hollywood. Right. That wasn't even yeah, but theater. I don't even think there's a ba- left hand much, even a left hand working that no, much. Just going boom, He's boom, just boxing boom, chords. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah, but a whole set of that, he must have got some bass in there at some point. Well, if you listen to Stormy Monday, that was basically his his band. It was just Frosty and him live in the studio. And wow. he was just, and he didn't use a B3, he used a BC. Well, I got the single, and it just says Lee Michaels. It doesn't even say a band name. No, it's because that he was. That's how he was signed. So he was. It was just always Lee Michaels. But he. Had but on the album cover, band. it said Frosty, and the guy had a big old fro, the drummer. Yeah, big man. And I remember seeing videos. You know, there was hardly any live stuff on TV. They always lip sync their single. And uh, Brownsville Station. I think they were Ohio. I think they're from Ohio, though. See? They weren't from out here. I, really I don't was. even think they had an organ. Nope. Brownsville? Cub Coda. Yeah, they were just a power trio. Yeah, they, but they played on... They were kind of like yeah. a version of James Gang or something. Well, the Rascals, too. It's a big organ band. A oh. B3 organ. He kicked, he kicked pedals. Now, see, the doors... And no bass The Little Rascals. No, no, the Rascals. <laughs> Felix Cavalieri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Doors had didn't have the B3. They had that icky Farfisa sandwich. Always oh, just bugged yeah. the crap out of me. He played a lot of left hand. Well, he played Rhodes piano so bass. They're playing again, huh? Mm. Oh my God! Who cares? Yeah, they are. Who cares? And I think the drummer's suing him. Yeah, yeah he, is. he is. What does John Jim Jensen. think about it? I don't think Jim cares. He might. Jim cares. He's probably throwing the money. <laughs> he might be rolling. He might be twirling in the <laughs> box. <laughs> twirling dervish. He might be twirling and uh, all upset. <laughs> Maybe he ran out of money and he wanted him to get back together. <laughs> he <laughs> might be disgusted. So I don't know. I heard that he would turn down a bunch of stuff, like car commercials for Light My Fire yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he's still is that way. I mean, if you listen, <laughs> if you listen to the drummer, uh, he thinks it's all a big bum rush by the organ player. Somehow I believe it. Well, yeah, I think it is. The, the way it sounds like it went down, it is. 20th, 21st century doors, I think they're called. Yeah. Hey, I'm not. I'm they're not, not called the doors anymore. I could go out. And, and then the seeds, they they were organ band. Maybe they should get together a band called the New Screamers. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. Well, don't worry, I won't. There's a band called uh, Thin Lizzy. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy's been dead. He died when D. Boone did. I can't imagine how they could be Thin Lizzy without him. T Rex, the new T Rex. I met his son. <laughs> I saw his son play. His son's name Roland Bolin. The new Elvis. I have some T Rex. We'll play it later. T Rex was my first gig. Really? Play Jeepster for me. I like that. No, I think I've got more obscure stuff. Play that, too. Yeah. Beard of Stars. Uh, no, these are like... A out- it's an album of outtakes, Elizabeth said. It's none, none of his hits. 
Beard of Stars. <clears throat> you remember that record? Yep. We, Minuteman used to do a song off that. Which one? Prelude, the first song. That's when he was. He didn't really have a whole band. He yeah. had just Mickey Finn playing play tablets, and it was kind of like flower a child. Uh, Venice Beach kind of thing. Perry Ferry, that cat on the skates. Yeah. That's what it kind yeah. of sounds yeah. like. Pre cocaine <laughs> influence, probably. Still on acid. Uh, uh, what, <laughs> the story of Mark Boland, from what I understand, was he was big with the mods when he was a teenager. He was into dressing up, and he was almost like a spokesman. I remember the, the kids that followed the Who around when they were first started. And then, yeah, he turned into this flower child kind of thing. And, and then from there went into like a band, got a band, and turned into a huge pop star in England. But it never really broke over here. It's yeah, part it did. of they, Glitter. It, it broke when Bowie did it. And he did it note for note. <laughs> Mark Boland broke here? No, I think that Bowie, when he did Ziggy Stars, he was just saying, okay, I'm going to be Mark Boland now. Yeah, and Lou Reed and Iggy Pop. He was stealing from he a lot of people. Just, stealing pretty, a lot from Sid Barrett. He's pretty upfront about it, I guess. I think Sid Barrett was probably, for me, maybe the first English guy to say, yeah, I'm English. I'm not going to copy American so accent. much U.S. blues things and, you know, sing like Anthony Newley, which Bowie ended up doing anyway. <laughs> See, I, later I on. But I, I was talking about Mark Bolin more. Right. He never really went over big. No. He had Cheekster and Bang and Gong. That was right? his one that big was it. Yeah. And that was it. He tried. He was big for me. You know, I, don't, I didn't care. If I like somebody, I like somebody, even then. You know, I didn't really care. Uh, glitter wasn't big for a while. I was probably even out of high school. Because when I was in high school, you couldn't really let people know you liked that. No. Question your sexuality. We we did. <laughs> and they would throw their lunch at us. And they were really... Then they all started getting into it a few years later, though, huh? It got so huge. I don't know. I was gone by then. But when we were there, yeah. was, there was about six of us. There Bowie was, got big in this town. And so did Queen and all, and all that. But never when I was at school. Roxy music. You know, Pat Smear used to he used to wear like cl- like little glitter things, yeah. like bare midriff, and like a Cleopatra haircut. And he'd carry his books like a girl, like up against his chest. And he'd go running up to like the gangs, like the Sotel gangs, and he'd go, "Beat me up and stuff." And, <laughs> and they were just like, "Look at him!" And I'm like, "Unbelievable!" There was like five of us or six of us in the whole school, and I was I came after they did it like on their own first. Is the uni? Yeah, I'm brave. <laughs> and then he was a Jesus freak. Anyway, back to Glitter. I'm sorry. Well, our school. You had to be committed. There must have been people like that. I can't remember any. <laughs> yeah, you probably beat them up. <laughs> no, I was. I was not into it, persecuting people in school because Good I was pretty much one of the people persecuted. Not so much for uh, music because I kept it secret. Yeah. I couldn't even tell people I like Kiss. Kiss started coming out when I went. I was in school, and they the people couldn't tolerate that. Barely Blue Oyster Cult. That, that was kind of like nervy. <laughs> Just the way things move, you know. The the, ma- the mob or the big middle. They they're not sure of what they like, but oh, then they, when oh, it starts to move, they all move together. Skinnered. 
Yeah. Yeah, they were around. There was no Skinner yet. Nugent, Bachman Turner Overdrive. How did Queen Bachman Turner Overdrive was the guy from Guess Who? Didn't Queen sort of slide by some? They got really huge. How? Didn't those guys that But not at first. Didn't those guys like singing Bohemian Rhapsody realize that. No, not that. Like. They were opening up for bands. You know, and the guy. The, what worked for people in Pedro, I think, is if you could play really fast lead guitar. Yeah, it seemed all it those bands. Brian May because because uh, Jimi Hendrix was always big in Pedro. I have to say, yeah. they weren't that close-minded where they well, he's, he's didn't think Jimi universal. was big. He transcended. Yeah, but even a, a redneck kind of culture we had going, Jimmy could break through. So I think if you had a guy who could play guitar loud and fast, that was the secret. It would help get yeah. over the, all the girly stuff. And then once, of uh, course, you know, this is kind of after I went to high school but once these guys saw that girls like this music then oh. that's why they liked it too and so they weren't afraid as being as girly because they saw being girly was kind of a way that girls would like you maybe I don't know well, for sure individuality wasn't being celebrated it probably never still isn't God, yeah. yeah yeah it shows to go you okay so we had all these years of glitter and glam, and then the punk rock, and all this, and now all these boys with earrings and all this stuff. And, 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 are, and are things any looser with alternative in this crud? No, it's it's sort of hard to stay out of the curve because every time something comes out, it's co-opted it's immediately on MTV. I, I would think rap and hip hop this would be more they find a more edgy vibe at least at some point. Ooh, rap metal, trance, and you like I, rap metal. I don't know. I'm old. I admit it. You like rap metal? What's it? Uh, System of a Down? It's sort of interesting. That goes over sort of big. That's pretty out there stuff, actually. Yeah. What do you think of that? That's pretty mainstream, I guess. Well, it was interesting when it first came out. Yeah, I mean, can then, it be uh, main, mainstream it if it's out there? That's the thing. It's like, comes how, out, how it's out interesting. How if it's mainstream? It's, how do you stay? I don't know. And how can it be out there if it's mainstream? Because if it's the mainstream, is what's what's wild compared to that? Nothing. It's the same soup with more salt in it. So what, what's the problem? I was, just took it as far as it could go. I was you could get just only so girly. And, uh, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Or so no, maybe they're afraid to take it there, or, you know, or they won't get signed if it doesn't sound a certain way. Or, or you can you only know. get so gangsta. So yeah, gangsta, you can only so get so girly, gangsta, so, so girly. So. And they got as gangsta as they could so really, pretty much get. They started killing each other. These are the mainstream, huge gangsta rap records. They're pretty out there. They're killing each other. 50 cents. Well, I'm thinking back in the... When the what, wars were going on. He was talking about now, I don't know. He, no, he's t- he was talking about this. Uh, oh yeah, Fifty Cent J and stuff. Yeah, that shit's still going on. Yeah, so that's pretty out there. So in tough, but as an art form, is it th- that adventurous? Oh no, I trip on the the sampling. I hear sometimes. I'm like, it's that the way they just cut stuff together. I mean, to me, that's really a. Uh, because I grew up like with piano lessons, and I grew up pushing down the keys to make the sounds, and and these guys were just—they never even thought about that. They just started cutting stuff up and putting this record against this record, and I, I mean, it's like Brother a whole. Matt has a thing on my show here where he's going to do that. 
I saw really good at. first time I saw I went saw LL Cool J at the Long Beach Arena and Houdini and Run DMC and there was a huge riot, and there was no band. There was just people with turntables. The first time I saw it, I was like, wow, that is completely a new world. I mean, this is still a long time ago. I mean, now what? What's yeah, out there? Dead. Jim, Jim they never went on stage because it became an all-out, full-on riot. It made a black sh- black flag riot look like kindergarten. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, well, all the security guys just went, I'm out of here. Goodbye. It's probably gang people. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Was that Long Beach Arena? Yep. That's where Louie got his leg broke, right? <laughs> was that the Fresh Festival? <laughs> Louie Defoe got his leg broke. Did he? <laughs> I was with Rick. We had to climb all the way up to the top of the bleachers and then climb down the back of them. So you think the music was doing that? No, I think no. it was too many gang people in one place. And they ripped, they ripped out the chairs yeah. and started beating the crap out of each other with it. With chairs. I think that there was East Side or West Side and... Crips, Bloods. Yeah, I yeah. think it was just... We won't name names. But the bands were from where? Back East? Where's L Cool J from? Yeah, L, New York City. That was East Coast. Guy. Yeah, so, you know, I mean... I think things are uh, pretty uh, detached and <laughs> abstract and bizarre. I, it's hard for me to find the connections. There's plenty of people... Right, we're at war right now. There's people killing who listen to Country Western. I mean, gee. Yeah. I mean, maybe music just And what, what, what about country western nowadays? Well, I, I don't it's know. It's going to pop rock. It's turning into it's pop, turning into pop rock. The, the, the pop music of the day. Maybe music know? isn't such a cultural turning point anymore. Maybe it just is, it doesn't matter. Maybe it's what video game you play is more important. Well, it's like you told me one time. There's only so many chords and there's only so many notes. But somehow they keep coming up with you know, new things. They keep coming up with new things and... Pro Tools. The first time I sat down at a Pro Tools console, I was like, "This at a Pro Tools console, I was like, this is the instrument that was invented for me." You know, it, it seemed like an instrument to me, like a whole new thing. Yeah. Do you feel that way when you play on that, or is it just a tool? I mean, I guess it's a tool, but yeah, yeah, and I don't know. Well, I don't it's know. kind of a means. That thing you, you played earlier that you did on that was sort of mind opening <laughs> yeah it's it's hard for me to get uh, really sure of myself on how everything stands yeah. I, I'm still kind of a witness to the whole phenomena going on and I know what I do for a living and what maybe I'm most confident in and it's playing gigs for people mm. getting together with guys working out songs and playing them for people. But that's not the only way to do it. That's just Watt's way of doing it. So I wouldn't want people to think that's the only way to do it. It's interesting all these approaches people are taking. And when you're in school, things are a lot more social probably than uh, they are musical. So whether you're girly or not, whether you're wearing the right baseball hat or not, you know, it's probably very important when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. You're an older person. Maybe you're interested in sounds and notes and I, I, you know what? It's weird. I really like the idea of somebody taking a piece of music and being all by themselves, and it's like this one-on-one thing. Which music's usually communal. I mean, I know that my my ideas are not really the normal way. Usually, music is a whole lot of people get together and a whole lot of people play together. But I also like the idea of making one thing for one person to listen to when they're in one of those like by themselves moments. It's just a, you know, it's it's just, I, I like that idea too. 
You know, I mean, I've listened to records that you've made by myself where I'd be listening and I would go, oh, I feel like you're talking to me. Like, I know what you were saying. I feel like I know what the dynamic... I mean, it's... I may be imagining it, but I like to pursue your lyrical ideas sometimes, which I'm not able to do live, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's just another yeah, way... A lot of people think I'm in a, speaking a foreign language. <laughs> I saw Green Day in Germany. I swear they were singing in German, but it's not possible, accent. is it? <laughs> the is that what it was? I'm going. Are these the Buzzcocks do it? <laughs> so let, let's listen to music. Here's it. You know, because there's Pro Tools and stuff, and people making music on the computers. A lot of cats. They give me records, right? This guy uh, just handed me his CD at a gig, and his name is uh, Penston, and his. Um, his CD's called P2. I wonder... You know what P2 was? Petra Duo? It was this huge uh, cabal in Italy, a fascist thing. Oh. P2 was this mafia, military, government. Maybe it's just a second record. <laughs> but you know, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Pro... Two, two, Pro Two. Pro Phase Tools? Two. Oh. Phase like Pro two. Tools, Phase but it's two. Pro yeah. Two. Or maybe Penston. Penston 2. Yeah, Penston's maybe. Second album. Yeah. yeah, second record. I know, he left me his email, so it says, Contact me, Mike Watt. So, but anyway, let's play a song from him. On this one, he, it's interesting his credits. He plays JX3P, Mirage, and live PZO drums. Okay. Yikes. Oh. <laughs> Why is that scary? We'll see. <laughs> so, you know, this is interesting, right? He didn't have to go to the gatekeeper. Warner Brother Records and Mr. Ezrin, please make me a record. <laughs> right? He just went oh. for it in his house and then he handed me this CD. So here we are, Watt from Pedro Show.
Come up with that access to evil fools Sit on hold Now, citizen rule number 2080 Politicians are shady So people watch your back Cause I think they smoke crack I don't doubt it Reaching a point where we can't turn back But let's lose the guns and let's lose the bombs So stop the corporate contributions that the bill to pawn Well I'll be sleeping on these bitches till I start to snore Cause I won't carry guns for an oil war A salam, moon, lick a moon, lick a salam Beast of the Middle East, beast of Islam Now don't get us wrong cause we love America But that's no reason to get hysterical They're laying on the syrup bill We ain't waffles, we ain't having it In a world gone mad, it's hard to think right Families pockets to get filled. How many oil families get killed? Not a damn one, so what's the deal? It's time to lead the way and de-escalate. Lose the weapons of mass destruction and the hate. Say, ooh, ah, what's the White House doing? Oh no! Say what they got blue in. Well, I'm not pro Bush and I'm not pro Saddam. We need these fools to remain calm. George Bush, you're looking like Sue Lander. Trying to play tough for the camera. Camera.
Okay, guys, hold on there, hold on there. We're having a heavy discussion on the <laughs> keyboard player talk. Yeah, and and a trippy endless. And it's a trippy thing too because the, <laughs> they're talking samples. It's not really working the keyboards. We're talking about samples. Anyway, that was Banyan live from last month at Deep Piazzas in Long Beach. Before that, we had the new Beastie Boys, World Gone Mad, and started off with. Pentros. <laughs> no, Penston. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, <P2>. Mr. Penston. <laughs> From his album P two with the title uh with the song Grey. And it's Grey with the E. So maybe an English influence, My huh? Girl, Pentros. Pentros. Sounds like a motor oil. Penzoil? Penzoil. I heard George Bush owns a lot of that company. Uh, Penzoil? It's an yeah. oil. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the whole idea of keyboard players, very foreign. Me and D. Boone didn't know any as boys. Didn't know one who played one. Well, you which were talking was, about you were well, you were talking about um, which was why I was very interested in playing with Paul. Uh, when you when you were talking about uh, being a certain social culture in high school, I remember yeah. when I was in high school. I you know people knew that I played. But I wasn't into the... They had like a hierarchy of musicians. You know, there were the cool musicians who played in the cover bands. But I played in a <laughs> wedding band. So it was like, I, you know, I always got made fun of. You know? You're relegated uh, yeah. to band and, and I was listening to like Elvis and Stax Volt and stuff like that. So, and all these other... I didn't get into like Aerosmith or Led Zeppelin or anything until way late. So I was always listening to like I, early Elvis. I had even worse taste than you. I didn't <laughs> tell you. 
I take offense to that because that was fucking great music. I agree. It was the best. (laughs) The best. Usually happens when we first start smoking pot, start listening to the heavier rock, I think. (laughs) Kind of goes with it. Yeah, that'd be it. I admit it, I was into the prog. The prog? Well, yeah, some of the prog prog was T Rex. Some of the prog was. But we didn't know people who played keyboards, so it was interesting when I met you to do that. Never had played one point my whole fucking life. Same with D Boone. I mean, you know, we were just foreign to it because uh, maybe because it cost a lot compared to guitars. I mean, we didn't have Fenders, you know, we didn't have the real guitars, so they were really cheap. You could buy them at thrifty for fourteen dollars. Yeah, and those are real expensive now. When huh? I was like 13, the Fender was like two or three hundred dollars. It was a lot of money in those days, and we didn't know anybody played Fenders either. So it was, it was the same thing. A keyboard player was like a Fender. But see, when I was Gibson. thirteen, the first investment for keyboards I bought, I bought a microphone and a Tremolux amplifier, and I would just stick the mic in whatever piano I could find. <laughs> right. Oh wow. Yeah, but a piano. I know. If you didn't have a piano, then I, I wasn't. Uh, no, but a piano was something else. We didn't know anybody with one. But we didn't know anybody with Gibsons or Fenders either. I mean, it wasn't just against keyboards. It was just saying. What do you got in your anybody ear? Anybody with money. You got some kind of ear thing? I think it's a big snake. But it was quite interesting. At school, yeah, you know the story. You know, I. They gave me the clarinet in seventh grade for ten weeks, and his name was Mr. Luna over here at Dotson, and he said, "You try hard, but why? But you, you don't have it." So he threw me out. And Get off this bus! Fun of everybody. And he said, "You know, you should stop wasting your time and my time and our time." So I never played again in school. Uh, I played with D Boone, you know, after learning off records. So. Uh, I wasn't really musician type so much. It was more like uh, friends. We come the, uh, up the end of the first hour. Thank you, were, man. Yeah. Mike, you know. How'd you, how'd you get in music, Jer? That's, uh, that's Me? Uh, a drummer. My, my brother was in cover bands, and he basically had the band set up in, the li- in their bedroom, which we both shared. So there wasn't really much room for my existence in the corner. The drums got more room than my bed did, so... Oh. And, uh, and so I had to so tolerate that. you got back that. by playing it? I, I basically, yeah, there was there. I mean, what can I do? He would get me on Sunday mornings. He'd sneak up on that kit when I was sleeping oh. and start pounding on that thing as hard as he could and wake me up. Yeah, I just remember. I, well, you know, it was always so around. You're, you're not grateful for him to have the drum set. Ah, uh, well, we have our differences. Does he still play? I uh, I would say no. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. But he did. He, he it was interesting. He had perfect pitch, so he was really really good at like playing and tuning and very on it. I like, hate like, people with perfect drum crazy. But he's the one who kind of got you into playing. Uh, well, not the stuff, really the school. I, it was just uh, a matter of the equipment being around. I just grabbed and started playing. I start, actually started playing bass first. I wasn't very good at it. Oh uh, really? And then. Uh, but you didn't have a school kind of thing uh, I had marching band for a couple oh, of years but but I did now for the drums I actually jumped on the drum set in, in the room first and then tried and then did rudiments. drums in school well rudiments you know it's pretty pretty straightforward and then taught myself how to play a drum set so and Pete got taught early yeah yeah and Paul got taught early yeah, I was a kid. Four, so, I started. I mean, Four. It's, it's, it's interesting yeah. the way d- different people no, come to this uh, game. What's important, I think, is what you bring to it after. 
Yeah. Right. Just like uh, the language, right? You learn how to talk, but then to write a novel isn't just feeling. I put a little soul and personality. I know, but you can always get better with music. You know, you're always learning. You can get better with writing. You're always learning. Well, yeah, writing. Here, we're at the end of the first hour. Writing. Hold tight for hour two. March 25, 2003, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. I, 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 Thank you. 
maybe uh, listeners might want to know what it's like tour with me. Why don't you tell them? Yeah, it's like it's like camping, man. <laughs> I fucking love it. There's no trees. <laughs> there's a lot of camping. I thrive on the whole experience. <laughs> totally. I, Everything. I don't know. It's a lot easier than weddings. It's great. To, it's <laughs> great to stay in five star hotels and all the different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sushi platter before yeah. the show is probably the. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, everything is it's cool. It's 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 done in a way where it's um, gladiators. Yeah, you feel to... like like you're just you're conquering every day and it's great, you know, you kind of you know, I look forward to playing the next show. Yeah. Off Win, days winning the hearts and minds, I think. Is... <laughs> I have never liked off days. Off days from and oh, you mean when there's not a gig. When there's not a well, gig. I haven't had one yet, so. Yeah. Well, I've been This this tour we're going to get 3. What? Yeah, yeah there is. Go back to play with the Stooges. I asked these guys. They said they're into it. I said, okay, I'll, I'll yeah. do it then. They got my ticket. But the Stooges are going to play again. Where are you leaving them? No, Memphis. North Carolina. Memphis. It's between Memphis. And yeah. No, I'll join yeah. them in North Carolina. Yeah, I know. Actually, leave them in Memphis. Yeah, he'll, yeah. And then a couple days later, after I play this gig, I practice with those guys for two days, and then play the gig on Sunday, and then Monday I'll rejoin them in North Carolina, Carbo. So it's kind of strange. It'll be three days off for them, not really for me. I'll be no, not at all. around. It's kind of wild to get to play with the Austin Brothers and Iggy. Uh, totally. But I asked them first because my loyalties to them. They're rolling in the boat with me. So it it is, I guess, breaking the mold a little bit to go and, and do something like that. And I think there's a day off with you, Paul. Huh? Yeah, because there's a hell ride between Oklahoma City and Albuquerque. You know, when we toured together, it was it was Criminy DC3 yeah. and Firehose. You and you and I were doing two sets a night. Yeah. And, uh, and oh, and King. Whoa. Did she? Yeah. Yeah. There's oh, yeah. there's like four or five shows where I'm doing three. <laughs> and it might have even been a couple where we did. Two sets? We had four? No, maybe not on that tour. I remember with Black Flag, he did that a few times. We're like, yeah, now it's your turn to play with me. Now you <laughs> play with me. Like, I never get off this day. <laughs> Greg was doing that, too. I remember there was a gig, maybe it was in Pasadena, where it was like Fire Hose, Criminy, and Dose. And like, I never got off the stage. <laughs> now your turn to play with me. <laughs> I remember being Most ham <laughs> I remember being in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. I was backstage. West Virginia. In West Virginia, and uh, and and Henry Rollins. He kept kept asking me if he could take a shower with me. <laughs> wow, what is that about? <laughs> I mean, he was learning new things. Yeah. I think he was asking. Satisfying as curiosities. Yeah, you know, <laughs> picking certain pockets. I always considered that a chance that I let pass by. Yeah. <laughs> well, he won't let you forget. Lucky him. Extreme. <laughs> you know, all capitals. Lucky him. Yeah, I mean, he made up with Kira, I guess. And yeah, he had her sing he had for her this. Sing uh, after his benefit, all those horrible things he said about her. Right. Well, in the moment, he God, he's written some things about me too. In the moment, he'd get very hot. But he wrote, he did this record uh, for these kids. Right. Got put in for murder, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he sang a song with Kara. 
And then I think he did some gigs just recently and, and had her come and sing. Yeah, she got up to the Roxy. Was it the Roxy? Yeah. So, it's got a, a tough exterior, soft inside. So, uh, you know, we do these, I was telling you at practice earlier that we do these tour diaries. I guess what's what Jerry's gonna hair out this time. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna pussy put myself to the test. Uh, I had my computer on last tour, but but um, it's uh, in the hands of my wife now, so she can do her schoolwork. So I'm not gonna bring a computer, and I hate typing in the van. And once whoever has the computer gets out of the van, it's pretty much glued to their hip, and you never see it again. So. You got did that you right, bro. Time? I did. I brought my computer last time. I wrote, I wrote every every day but one day, which I still actually owe Mike the whole la- last time. week still. The day is almost done. I think there's a paragraph yeah. left to write. The last time. He's, 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 he's like day. five days <laughs> behind. Nine days behind. Remember that no, one? No, no. I brought this behind. up because I, uh, it's a way people get can get an insight to how a tour with me is it was um, you know, it was therapy you don't always have to me. wait for a radio show and then I ask put the guys on the spot I can't <laughs> no. read this stuff in fact there's a whole trend going on with the web I don't know if you guys are aware of this thing called blogs blogs uh, yeah blogs are ways of people putting thoughts like uh, even with this war there's like some Iraqi guys doing blogs and a uh, ladies Muslim lady doing a blog and a blog is that like a log yeah it's like a, a, a log right but it's What's the B for? I don't know. It's just, you know, it's the in charge of this terminology stuff. The computerese. Well, basically, it's like doing a tour spiel. Yeah. But mm-hmm. these people aren't really on tour. You know, they're living a life. Spiel. They're su- surviving a war or they're uh, going to college. or There's the blogs all over the place. And for some reason, people think they have to go to blog sites and do them there. So these guys own all the rights to their spiels. Listen, people, anyone can start a website. You know, write your own. (laughs) You don't even have to call it blog, call it spiel. That's what I do. I don't know if you still do this, but I remember touring and not staying at a hotel the whole time. We just at the end of the night, this, I guess, is what DC3 would say, can can anybody put us up? And that was amazing because I know tours where I've stayed in hotels, I I would get all isolated. And I would go and stay at people's houses. Meet people I never would have met. And remember one time we stayed at a funeral home. That's the way these guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Did we we use the hotel? Nope. Only I do when my wife comes out. But then that's me, and that's not the band. Yeah, that's I had a great band, time. It's amazing. It I met like some. I met some cool do people. Do we ask man. people after the gigs? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes we do. Stage, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Sometimes we had some hell rides to the places yeah, we were staying at. It's done very humbly. We're in Jacksonville, <laughs> fifteen minutes. Oh, fifteen we'll minute drive. 15 yeah. Minutes. People think that's crazy. Two hours and fifteen yeah. minutes People later. Think People think it's crazy, but it's incredible. It's part of the adventure. Oh, it's fun, man. It's Sometimes a blast. Sometimes you stay at some like you, punk crash pad, and there's like yeah, it's some, a blast. Sometimes you just don't read it right, you know. Well, the frat boys, the worst. The frat boys was terrible because I got kicked well, out of this guy's guys. bed because. He wasn't even staying there, and I just showed up to kick me out. And then he closed his door, and him and his buddies wanted to find some place to do their fucking vacuuming. That's a bad scene. That usually don't happen. That was a rare, rare scene. Your fucking snorathons. Yeah, I should have shit in the guy's pillowcase, man. That would have been great. (laughs) Good idea, Jerry. You did that one time. Not on purpose. One time when Ed from Ohio brought me to his town, you know, like where he went to college in Columbus, 
and all his friends are there, right? It's the first time he's going to play in front of his friends. You know, and I get, I get food poisoning, okay? <laughs> and he takes me to his friend's house, and I shit the sheets. I throw <laughs> up everywhere. <laughs> and then you had to take your pants for when you're on stage. Well, that was another time. That was before. I <laughs> and right before, this one was kind of embarrassing. Right yeah, more than just that, I did it for three days. I just got tired of shit in my pants. <laughs> Well, there was the one I, time after the steak. I remember in the tour, one of the tour diaries I was reading. You ate, you had eaten some steak right before the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was when Frank Sinatra died. Oh, yeah, man. because I'm not used to eating really meat on tour. I usually eat soups and salads and real light stuff. And Jimbo cooked up on his roof. He cooked me this big old steak <laughs> on a queue, and I ate it, and I blew it out on the, the first note, the first song. I blew this thing. And this is the people I'm singing, so I wasn't wearing underwear. So I blew the shit right out of my leg. <laughs> right? I mean, it didn't really get on me in a way. It must have got under the pants. And I blew right out my leg down on the floor, and I had to do this whole gig. It was opera. Oh, man. I think it was with Joe Biza. Oh, jeez. It, it was backed opera. by great force. We did the opera for four tours. And this is like, I think it was the, maybe... The, it wasn't the last one because Mills was the last one. Did I clear out the front row a little so, bit? No. <laughs> Were you thinking to yourself, how am no I going to top this? Know. No one even knew. No, 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 I just thought, man, i got to just pre- persevere and prevail over the situation. And, and There's just a get lot it of done. And, and, and uh, no one even knew. And, but there was lots of mota being smoking and stuff, so maybe that's why. Good cover. It was really strange. I was so embarrassed, you know. It was such a hard gig. And then the next day, you know, uh, of course, uh, the New York Times came, and so there was a big review of the gig and everything, and, and like, no mention. No mention. Good thing he played it off. He said I was like a cross between Captain Heathheart and Blue, though. Oh. If they would have known, they would have pushed him your Yeah, if I would have said something like, hey, I just shit my pants. Plus, he... Shit on but the you know, and I said you're a lot of that stuff. You know, people don't know unless you let them in on it. So, and here they work all week and they pay them good money to see you. And what are you just gonna pop the balloon <laughs> or something? And I just thought, well, I'm in a situation here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the best of it. I'm not gonna try to bring people down. It was, I was embarrassed. I mean, that I must have been scary. Man. Had died, you know, and at the end of the set, I. Th- <laughs> on to do some more songs, and I said, "Well, this next one's for old Blueface." Yeah, but you know, thing. but a lot of people did not know until yeah later on in the in the uh, diaries. Yeah. So that's a good thing about the diaries; it enlightens people to 
certain subtleties that you just can't get yeah. even if you're a willing participant of the gig. Oh man, I can't imagine what I would write the day after joining after six weeks of my first I'm gonna just <laughs> Hey, I guarantee you you're gonna have a lot to write about. It. Just so much you, you ain't gonna stop. Give well, yeah, hours. Life for, but, but, <laughs> you know, I figured I could pull it off so I realized I was singing half of the set today. Okay. <laughs> four tunes. Okay. It's, yeah. And they're in two blocks of two. So you only have two scary times. <laughs> and I, I, like singing. I just need fucking breather anyway. <laughs> I haven't. I just. <laughs> especially, I haven't, and this is going to be a hard tour for me. You know, last week was really rough on me. Yeah. Really rough. I almost was going to have to cut the tour. That, the sickness came on me really, really hard. So I feel very blessed that I'm back yeah. in the game. You seem better. You seem okay. You feel all right? Yeah, a little weak. It's kind of hard. It was harder the first practice we did coming back. Yeah. But I'm getting stronger. I called you and I tried to get directions. And you said, you've been there. And that was like one time 15 years ago. You sounded too sick to really give me directions. So I figured yeah. it out. I figured it out. <laughs> Didn't I tell you yesterday? I called Kara. She <laughs> Yeah, I remember you, you know. calling me when I was sick and I didn't have much to say. You know, I was, I was, I was three or four days and really, that was a hard deal. That was a hard deal. <laughs> There's certain parts of me, you know, where, where that illness was. If I get sick there, I just I have nothing, no strength there, no defense. Really, 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 really vulnerable. Yeah, Ellen's really. My wife has been really sick the last six months with interferon treatment. And yeah, I talked to her. It wow. just takes you. She it, said though she's turned some corners. She's turned some corners, and the treatment's working. And yeah. uh, I've been married 23 years. I tend to go out about my wife sometimes. So what? She's a great lady. I love her. And it's great that that was good news. Because that's a heavy disease too. It's working. That for all you people out there, it's it's, it's not a death sentence. It's, they seem like they seem like they know what they're starting to get a handle on. Hepatitis C. Hepatitis C. This treatment. A lot of people I know have done this treatment. And it's pretty hard, but that Carla's going through a hell with it. Yeah. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. My thing. A little different, but <laughs> pretty heavy. Pretty heavy thing. In fact, that's what this next piece is about. <laughs> Boiling and, and You know, I've never thought. <coughs> It would come on me again, and then last week, you know? So obviously, I gotta be very, very careful. But, Pete, Jerry, you guys gotta bail now, right? Thanks for coming yeah, aboard the show. No problem. We'll All have right, you thanks. again. We'll, in fact, we'll have you after the tour, and we can talk about it. <laughs> and, Paul, thanks. Since for I'm not writing, I guess We're I can have spill Brother the beans. Matt now do his spin cycle. All right, I'm Brother Matt. All right, you guys. We're ready, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to With us. Come with us and join, and join. the, the conscious, conscious world.
Don't make the sweat pour down. Stand and deliver all your ground. In the garden of many fields, there is no me, no you. There is no up or down, no right or wrong, no black or white. Everyone is the plowman. Everyone is the seed. Everyone is the harvest and everyone yields in the garden of many fields. Everyone is one with one love and one love is one with everyone. Stand and deliver. We fight one another with borrowed philosophy. We fight one another with cultural change. We fight one another with God and country. We kill one another for someone else's pleasure and gain.
have the great A. century and I don't give a damn if you can't get with me. And I don't give a damn if you can't get with the dig Albert Collins, the buddy guy. But it's time we pretend to be pushed aside. Come and record the sound like me. Huh? And not how anybody want me to be. I'm too young to be in a museum. Like the rest where nobody can see. We all have a piece of the puzzle. And to bring my forth has been a lifelong struggle. You wonder why it took me so long. Because my skin is brown, my mind is strong. Every time I create a new hit, Jack and his dude try to copy it quick. Like 
Thank you much, Brother Matt. That was a whaling uh, spin cycle, but it was kind of an unusual situation having those visitors today. Yeah, it's cool having them, though. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool characters. Those are the cats I will be sharing the boat with for the next two months. They are great guys. And uh, first time they've been here, so that was a trip for them. Yeah. They were yeah. into it. They were very much into it. So coming on the end here, the second hour of the March 25, 2003 Watt from Pedro show. Um, hold tight for hour three. March 25th, 2003. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. And here's part 26 of the fourth tower of Inverness. What does it say? While most interpreters of the apocalypse consider the various beasts described therein as typical of evil agencies, this viewpoint is the inevitable result of unfamiliarity with the ancient doctrines from which the symbolism is derived. Because religious ascetics looked upon the universe itself as an evil and ensnaring fabrication, they also came to regard its very creator as a weaver of delusions. Hmm. Thus the dragon of cosmic power came to be personified as a beast of horror and destruction, seeking to swallow up the immortal part of human nature. Wow, that's heavy. Well, as far as I can figure it, it's Dr. Missoula's dragon, all right. Yep, it sure is. Well, apparently, Dr. Missoula was attempting to manifest that part of himself that lay buried deep within the dark corridors of man. And he succeeded. That symbol became a physical creation. Yes, little Frida, the power and energy of a symbol is something we have yet to fully grasp. But it kind of looks like Dr. Missoula's dragon has gotten out of hand. I'm afraid so. In fact, if he's not careful, it's that very symbol that may destroy him. I've heard stories of mythological beasts that have existed on other planes. And in the past, they visited this planet. Well, from what I can put together at this moment, these beings that exist on other planes have a direct influence upon us, releasing information, inventions, and so on when the time is right. Such as an author who says, it's as though I didn't write this, it, it, it just came through me. As someone once said, it's like having your fingers plugged into the sky. Well, enough of that. How are we going to help Dr. Mazzola? Well, I guess the best thing is to talk to him and we'll just offer our help. He has the most incredible equipment. Hey, hey, look at this weird old machine. What do you think it does? Wait, I'll see. Hmm. It also manifests symbols from Dr. Missoula. Really? You mean more creatures? Yes. Hooved creatures. Creatures that sometimes stand on their hind legs and sometimes run on all fours. <gasps> what do you see? What do you see? A horrible creature. Like a giant spider with arms like spaghetti. Yes, the spaghetti arm spider with a woman's head. Dr. Mazzola has a lot in him. Well, we all have. It's a matter of whether we care to cultivate it or not. 
Dr. Mazul is an alchemist and is liable to try most anything by the looks of things. Hey, come and look at this door over here. Hmm. Well, he certainly has enough locks and chains and bolts on the thing. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're going to open it. Yeah? I think I know what's on the other side. <clears throat> see? A tunnel. Right through the mountain. No, it's not a tunnel. It's natural. It, it's part of a natural cave. Do you want to investigate? Yeah, but uh, let's leave the door open just in case. Good idea. Hey, it leads upwards. Do you know whose head that spider was wearing? Oh, no, it was unfamiliar to me. Well, it was his wife. His wife? I didn't know he had one. Yeah, they didn't get along so good. She finally left him. Yeah, well, that figures. Well, I guess with a twist of the imagination, Dr. Missoula is able to manifest parts of people he's known in the past. Why, he could even... Hmm. Yeah, yeah. He could even possibly create every person here in Inverness, couldn't he? Little Frida? Little Frida? She's gone. Vanished. Doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore? So... It appears that Dr. Missoula's dragon is, in reality, Dr. Missoula's dragon. As we look in beneath the surface of Inverness, we find Jack Flanders standing alone, in his normal pose of absolute bewilderment, attempting to understand why little Frida has vanished into thin air once again. Some things are beginning to make sense. All those creatures, that horrible spidery creature in the maze, those creatures that danced by the fire, and those creatures that stood on their hind legs and then ran off on all fours. All of these beasts come from the depths of Dr. Missoula's own being. Just as every man has ogres he wishes not to expose, Dr. Missoula has chosen to deliberately reach inside himself and bring them into the light. Well, speaking of light, with little Frida gone, I can't see a thing. I better retrace my steps and return to the lab. So the only problem now seems to be how many of these creatures have gotten out of hand, like his dragon. Wait a minute. I just thought of something. Dr. Missoula could manifest a likeness of Meanie Eenie, and that might explain who was chasing me with a meat cleaver. But what would be the motivation? I'm no threat. Am I? Holy Toledo! What's that? Meanwhile, back at the Inverness Mansion. Why, Dr. Missoula, what's wrong? What? Oh, oh, oh. oh you jumped. Oh, I, I must have dozed off for a second. Really? But tell me, Dr. Missoula, just what are you going to do about your dragon? I'll put him back where he come from. But he's grown enormous. It's those vibrations from that temple. The, the cave draws them in, and he feeds off them and gets fatter by the day. Then I should think you should do something and do it quickly. I'll, I'll get them this time. At the far end of his cave, 
Near the main laboratory's back door, I've installed an alarm system. When he gets near enough, the one-way beam will be broken. And, and then the cave becomes like a giant hellhole of walloping enormous speakers filled with insane laughter. <laughs> the dragon can't stand being laughed at. And he will rush to the source. And that's when I turn all the power on him. You feel that will do the trick? Who knows? If not, we've got a problem. Hark! My vest pocket alarm announces the arrival of the dragon. I've got him this time! <laughs> Barbecue dragon burger tonight! Uh, do be careful, Dr. Mazula! Be careful! Meanwhile, back at the tunnel. I've got to get out of here before that laughter drives me mad. Oh, there's the lab door up ahead. I should be able to... Oh, my God, the door just slammed shut. It's it's bolted. I'm stuck out here. What's that? Oh, my God, it's the dragon. It's coming. Let me in. Let me in. Oh, Lord, no one can hear me with all this racket. What the hell is that? It's some kind of a machine. Ah, ah, yikes, what's going on? And inside the laboratory, Dr. Missoula arrives. Ah, got him this time. Everything was set on automatic. All that it took was for the invisible beam to be broken. Now I'll, I'll crank up the game to full intensity. That ought to wither him down to size. <laughs> yes, very good. Dr. Missoula, Dr. Missoula, stop. Jack's caught in that tunnel with the oh, dragon. Shut. Just as I was... I've dissolved... Where are you? But hurry, Dr. Missoula. Otherwise, Jack will become merely a symbol in your unconscious. A disturbing thought, my dear. My humanitarian instincts are aroused. Quick, pull that lever there and open the door while I reverse the game. Jackal, 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 let me give you a hand. <coughs> what hand? You can't, can't even see, see you with all this smoke. <coughs> quick, little Frida, quick. Close the door before the dragon... Aha. Too late. In stomps the dragon. Furious, hissing smoke and bellowing fire. Dr. Missoula's machines are ripped from their bolts and thrown across the room like paper tigers. He's destroying the lab, Dr. Missoula. <laughs> He's destroying the lab, Dr. Missoula. But I'll cut him off Here he comes. This is it. Let's bamboos. Let's split. But my land. All these years. No, no, I'll fight to the end. On second thought, you're right. How do you say that? Um, feet. Do your stuff.
took all my railroad alchemist's equipment, my work, my secrets being smashed to smithereens. Stay back, Missoula. There's little we can do. Give me a clobber. I'll give that lizard a whack on a skull he'll never forget. We've got to get out of this place. This whole thing is going to explode any second. Good idea. Come on, Missoula. Some dragon you are. Quick, quick! Yeah. Oh, we all go up! Come on! Let's Come on! All right. All right. Let's drag on that dragon. That not good center. Dragon that Hey, where's little Frida? Isn't she with us? Can't tell. She's, uh, little she's Frida. too invisible. Little Frida! I'm going back. What are you going to look for? I... You can't even see her. Look, I've got to find her. I'll... Good grief! Quick, up the stairs. Don't let that stuff get to you. But little Frida's in there. Come on, hurry. Okay, okay. I guess it doesn't make much difference now. Later that day. Jack, is there no way of being certain about little Frida? Not until the radiation settles. And there's still the danger of our dissolving into symbols. That poor child. <sighs> to think that she may just be a memory. And how long will this radiation unpleasantry exist? It's impossible to say. Dr. Missoula's out by the cave where the temple once stood. Where the temple once stood? Yes. I guess the blast was so strong it came roaring out of the cave and just took the temple with it. Oh, that ancient symbol of... Well, a... at least it didn't blow the mountain apart. And Inverness, too, for that matter. Oh, I don't know what to say. He's he's such a, a, a boggle-brained blunderer. There'll be no more alchemy practiced on these grounds, my God! Jives! Jives! More tea! Oh, I must control myself. Well, Jack, your visit to Inverness has been a rather sad experience, I'm afraid. Well, we can't be certain about little Frida. Perhaps, somehow, she did escape. Yes, God willing. But for that matter, the dragon may have escaped, too. Oh, I doubt it. And the Madonna Vampira. She is gone, isn't she? Well, that's that's the one thing I don't understand, Auntie. I saw her body lying dead in that lotus land. And I saw Lord Jowls alive. Somehow, I've got to get back there. Yes. But how? I don't know. It makes me so weary just to think about all that I went through the first time I found that land and its strange lotus jukebox. How soon will you set forth? As soon as I've rested. Rested. <laughs> as soon as I've... As soon as I've rested tomorrow. As soon as I've rested. Tomorrow? As soon as you've reread the script at any rate. As soon as I've rested. Tomorrow. Is there anything I can do? Yes, I'm going to need a lot of nickels, maybe a couple of hundred. It's an offering to the jukebox. I'll assault my piggy bank immediately. Good. Tea, Lady Giles, Master Jack, is served. Thank you, Giles. Uh, oh, uh, Giles. Yes, ma'am? Will you fetch my favorite razorback piggy bank? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Now, Jack, we will be able to shake out enough nickels and dimes to easily sponsor your expedition. There's one other thing I need from you, Auntie. Would you have some sugar? Truth. Uh, one lump or two. Auntie, I need the truth. Ah, 
Well, I can tell you what little I know, but whether that's true... That will be fine, Auntie. Ah, well, perhaps if you told me what you do know, I could fill in on what you don't know. Well, I know about all of us being together in Atlantis. I know that everyone, with the exception of myself, has furthered his awareness every incarnation. Yes. And that we've all known each other in past lives, again and again... And now I understand that because of Dr. Mazula's creations, I was able to withstand the pressures and strange madness within that fourth tower. Very good. But, Auntie, why all this? It's far more than just the task of finding Lord Jowls and our being together once more, isn't it? Your favorite Razorback piggy bank, Lady Jowls. Thank you, Jowls. Now, Jack, let's see what we can shake out of this plump plaster porker. Auntie, first, please answer my question. Question? Ah, Jack, a buffalo nickel. Auntie. I just love money, don't you? Ah, look, a Roosevelt dime. My, my, my. Is it true what they do? Is it true what they do to you? Is it true what they say? Is it true what they say to you? Na, 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 na.
Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your rear plugs, put in your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Hey, you getting drunk, so sorry, I got you sus. Hey, you smoking mother nature, this is a bust. Hey, old hunger, Mr. Normal, don't try to gain my trust. Cause you ain't gonna follow me any of those ways, although you think you must. We're not gonna take it. 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 Never did and never will. We don't have to take it. Gonna break it. Gonna shake it. Let's forget it. can't hear me, your ears are truly sealed. You can't speak either, cause your mouth is filled. You can't see nothing, and pinball completes the scene. Here comes Uncle Ernie to guide you to your very own machine. We're not gonna take it. Touch me, heal me, heal me.
Watt from Pedro show. Was that bizarre or what? That was a... That was a... Ska version of Tommy. Well, there's a whole album of it. I just played the last tune. We're not going to take it listening to you. A band called Ye Old English. Kind of a proj. Studio proj. Uh friend of Perks gave it to me years ago. Very strange. Before that, Symphony for Dog by Foot. It was a 23-minute tour de force. <laughs> Some bizarre tunes on this uh, Watt from Pedro show. Foot is a New York City band composing of, comprised of Jimbo, Don Fleming, Thurston Moore. And that's the only album they ever made. Before that, we had Red on Red by Mr. Right and Mr. Wrong, which are the uh, Wright brothers who make up No Means No from our neighbors to the north, Canada. Well, Is so it true by... What's that? Only so many songs can be sung with two lips, one mouth, and one tongue. Yeah. No Means No. No Means No. It's a trippy record. It's called One Down, Two to Go. It's got, uh, you know, the drummer brother in the white Cupid tuxedo with his little bow and heart, and then uh, bass brother with the pre-suit, black leather hat, and shotgun. Is it true by T-Rex? From a bootleg unreleased stuff and you know demos whatever that's for Paul we were talking about T-Rex earlier and we started off the third hour with part 26 of the fourth tower of Inverness uh, adventure continues dragon. the dragon Dr. Missoula <laughs> they fell off the script there a little bit yeah it seemed like they had some fun making that show yeah absolutely but still uh, I think seven or eight more episodes. Probably have to wait till after tour, since we'll get one more show in. I think before I leave, Petra wants to come uh, do her thing. Cool. Here's something Petra's on. We'll leave you with one more track. This is uh, Danny Frankel, a drummer, L.A. drummer. He's a cool cat. This is uh, off his uh, solo record called "New Thing on Jupiter" and the. The tune is, well, God, it's from five or six years ago. But the tune's called Purple Go-Go Fruit. Watt from Pedro Show.
From Pedro Show. That's a cool little tune. Yeah. Purple Go Go Fruit. And Danny Frankel. In right yeah, I think it's in season two. <laughs> um, one more show before uh, tour starts. Petra's going to come play her uh, interpretation of the Who Sellout a cappella. Cool. And uh, I want to thank you, Brother Matt. For essential assistance and your righteous spins. And, um, of course, the Love Grotto here on the Pleasure Point. Badass Pat. And the Sega Man, Paul Rossler, of the Sorta Sega Man. That's great of those guys. I'm going to spend some time with them there on some tour. But uh, still another week, hectic, uh, get everything together before my last uh, plummet. Boat got the boat today, all ship shape, shake down, ready. Good. She's coming on 13 years. Wow. This is tour 50. For me, yeah. It's only like tour 22 for her, but it's miles. still, it's some miles. It's not the years; it's the miles. Somebody once told me. Anyway, everybody, uh, it's crazy time. So, work for peace somehow. Okay. March 25, 2003 edition Watt from Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.